You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. Welcome to your listeners to Season 2, Episode 2 of Federation Conversations, or FedCon for short. In this episode, we share our opinions and our predictions before the last few episodes of Picard, and then we talk about whether or not we were right. Let's get started. My only hope is that by the end of this season that that Wesley shows up. I know he's off being a, a Time Lord or whatever he is, but like I, I want him, a traveler, I'm sorry. I want him to show up. I feel like we need the whole family together. Yeah, I'll be pissed if Wesley doesn't show up. They gave us something at the end of last season with him. And and I, I need him back. I need Whoopi back for one more moment as well. Like, it's like, get it. If you don't get everyone in at this point, it will be such an, a huge letdown because it was just such an easy, it would be an easily missed opportunity um, and obviously missed opportunities. Um, I also agree with feelings about the first and second season. I'll also say, though, that I really am annoyed with the other episode in the second season where they were sort of in that alternate timeline future weird thing for a hot minute before they ended up going all the way back in time to finally reset things because it was just like this weird, unnecessary, you know, Jerry Ryan as the leader of Nazis in in their future. Like, like it was just such an unnecessary moment that they never came back to it or made sense of it again. Um, and and that was really frustrating about it. I feel like the first two seasons should have been made for TV miniseries that should not have been called Picard. They should have figured out some other way to sort of explain what it was because he was a linchpin in the storytelling, but it 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 there wasn't that much that felt like it actually happened over so much time spending with him. And at the same time, both seasons moved, moved through time in terms of things were flying and flying. And at the same time, it was a whole bunch of movement and nothing happening. And here we are in what feels like it's just been hours, hours through episodes. And it's fantastic. Like There's just something about it that is wonderfully gripping, that's gooing with the nostalgia in all the right places and just the right bits of freshness. Um, it, it, it's just excellent. It, it's absolutely excellent. Um, the third season doesn't feel like, I mean, it really does feel like the first two seasons didn't need to happen. They didn't need to happen. Um, or again, it should have been, I don't know, something, whatever. Um, but boy, oh boy, has this been great so far. Agreed. And it's funny because looking back at the first two seasons, I don't remember everything that happened because like, like you guys were saying, a lot of it was unimportant and it's very muddy in my memory, but this stuff, wow. There's so much more energy. There's so much more um, at stake. It feels like um, personally for each of the characters, not just cosmically for the human race. I mean, who cares about the human race, but, but it's so much more interesting when it's, personal stakes for these people that you love so much right and they also fixed a huge problem that they had with Picard by bringing in Shaw and having him not uh revere Picard and Riker as gods in fact he's doing at every opportunity he's like 
you're not that great and you fucked over a lot of people. So thank you very much. I wish you weren't here. And it's so endearing because I know so many of us got really tired of it and um, we got tired of the deification of Picard um, because God's not that interesting, right? Humans with flaws and um, complicated relationships, that's fascinating. So I think I think Shaw fixes a lot of issues. Um, Jack is super adorable to watch and fascinating and mysterious. And I think um, they're doing a, an amazing job of elongating that mystery. Yeah, I just, I'm trying desperately to segregate in my mind where the second to last episode ends and the, the last episode begins because something happened in the last episode that is pretty fucking cool and they ended it abruptly so be prepared for that bj when when you watch it all of a sudden it's like the the episode's over and you're like wait what the fuck it's like they were (laughs) just about to reveal something and then like they stop mid-sentence um did you guys see all of this stuff hiding in daystrom station Mm -hmm. yes i did i did not everything yet but boy oh boy so when did we get attack tribbles genetically modified attack tribbles yeah when when was that a thing like is that was that in an episode that i didn't watch somewhere or is that just something that we're now introducing tribbles with teeth and how does that work like (laughs) (laughs) it's the perfect weapon you know like they infiltrate and then they're like oh look it's cute and then all of a sudden it's consuming your face like like the flurkin from uh captain marvel Looks like a cute kitty, but actually, no. It's a tentacled beast that will murder you. It disturbed me. That's all I have to say about that. What I want to know is, is why did they keep all of this, like, genetic material from former captains just, just hanging out? Like... They're like, yeah, so we found out that Captain Kirk went forward in time because of this Nexus thing, and then you buried him on Viridian 3. Um, let's dig him up. But then if you listen, there's a heartbeat, which means they have found a way to resurrect it, which is fucked up. Like, man, man's like 300 years old. Like, <laughs> let him die. Like, it, it's, and then, like, we find out that same thing with, they just kept, they were like, oh, Picard died of this rare disease. No, no, let's get his corpse. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ like yeah section 31 shit (laughs) yeah no death in the future apparently like they will just find a way to resurrect you or turn you into a clone or turn you into a borg side note and i swear to god i won't do this anymore um william shatner wrote some star trek books that are god awful and i saw i was doing research about the the him being on daystrom station i saw that he wrote a few about him continuing on are they bad? So, they're so bad. They're so bad. He he wrote one called The Return, right? Which is set right after Generations. And what happens is, is like a Borg-Romulan conglomerate, they've teamed up to fight the Federation, um, steal his body and resurrect him um, for reasons. I don't remember the reasons. They weren't good, though. And like, they have to... They end up like turning him back and Spock is there and like they go, it, it was so convoluted. They turned, what was cool was they turned a defiant style ship um, into a, um, into the next enterprise because there wasn't an enterprise E yet. So they like named a defiant style ship 
um, the Enterprise, and they go to the Borg homeworld, which is the V'ger homeworld. So, like, there's the tie-in of V'ger and the Borg, um, and they destroy it because of Kirk and reasons. It, it was just, it was not good. It, wait, wait, wait a second, wait a second. Start <laughs> at the beginning. The Romulans and the Borg are friends? Yeah, they just came up. And not that the Borg assimilated them, they just decided to, like, make it make a team. And it, it, it just makes no sense. Because <laughs> that's not what the Borg do. No. No. Okay, well, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's it's so unnecessary the whole book is just like it just you you can read it and it just screams shatner's ego like it is just like no no i can't die resurrect me and make me this all-powerful mo-. like literally the borg resurrect him and then he's like super strong and shit it's 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 so stupid <laughs> yeah i don't think i'm gonna read that ever. no stay away zero out of ten would that recommend that's <laughs> a try but you know, maybe don't try everything, buddy. I mean, I was. <laughs> when did that movie come out? BJ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of when Generations came out. I want to say like '94, '95, something like that. Maybe Ooh, internet. Let's let's yeah. Internet that shit. So like, I was still young and like desperate for any Star Trek content. So like, that book was there, and I was like, William Shatner is a trustable, reliable source. We can believe that anything he says has you know the stamp of approval for star trek 1994 yeah okay so this would have been like 95 96 the book came out yeah and like no no it's it's dead jim so you're dead jim like let it had, go he had ghost writers too like he had two people who worked on it with him at what point did like what did they edit out <laughs> that he tried to include and they said nay let's not I just picture him being like, no, 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 put this shit in there. And they're like, um, Mr. Shatner, that doesn't work. And he's like, I don't care. Make it happen. Like, That's what I want to know. I want to see, see the edits. Because I bet you that's gold. What was lost on the editing room floor? Yes. So how do you think they're going to end Picard? Well, it'll be Frontier Day. Which, by the way, I have found different sources say it's different dates. Like, I've seen April 5th. I've seen April 12th. I've seen April 15th. Hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see what day. Frontier Day. Frontier Day. Star Trek. So, I just assumed that Frontier Day was First Contact Day. I just assumed. I, th- well, I think, think those are different. Yeah, it's probably not because it says um, the 2401 Frontier Day was billed as the 250th anniversary of Starfleet. The fleet was dis- dispersed. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, but it doesn't give me a date. Um, yeah, it, it, they have to be different dates because if it's the anniversary of Starfleet, Starfleet wouldn't have been established like the day they met the the right. um, claim, the, Vul- the Vulcans on uh, on Earth. So, yeah, it's got to be a different day. So. Yeah, they're, they're two different things, which is a shame because as we saw in Lower Decks, there's a whole theme park made in Bozeman, Montana um, for First Contact, which is awesome. I totally <laughs> want to go there just to see the big talking Zephyrm Cochran statue. <laughs> so there's 10, 10 episodes in Picard, which means from BJ's point of view, they've got four episodes to wrap this shit up and solve all of the issues man how do i think it's going to end yeah how do you think they're going to solve all of the problems who's going to be standing at the end 
how are they gonna defeat the villain they're not okay first off none of the main characters are gonna die period they won't really because they don't have any more picard no but picard can't die because they made that they made that choice in the first season he died and then he was like wait now i'm a robot you know it it, and like yeah exactly yeah worst decision ever like unless he i'm still waiting for him and i need to start making memes for this of like him like sauntering up to beverly crusher and being like hey sexy mama want to kill all humans like just making him say bender lines (laughs) from futurama because like i feel like he's a robot now so or an android i'm sorry like whatever but like cybernetic being yeah cybernetic be positronic person (laughs) um no, they're not going to kill anybody. They can't, okay? They've already made the choice. They could have killed Picard. And honestly, I thought if they had killed him in season one, that would have been dope. And here's why. Because then you have the rest of a series called Picard, not featuring Picard, but it's all inspired by him. And these people are living their lives and doing these things because of the inspiration that this character was. And, like, it would have been really, really cool and really, like, groundbreaking. Like, how sick would that be? But like, no, instead they were like, oh, you have this weird disease that they never brought up in any of the TV series or any of the movies previously before, but you got this disease and it's going to kill you. Um, And then it kills them. And they're like, "Ah, just kidding. We downloaded your brain and now you're a robot. And like, it it just, it, it was, it was cheap. So, so because of that, they're not going to kill any of the main characters. None of them will die. Um, BJ, do you agree with that? I fear that will be the outcome. Um, I, I, I think it would be palatable, we'll say, um, you know, if we even have like <laughs> Picard bot, like choose to power down and not be, uh, re-downloaded. <laughs> um, and then maybe he just comes back in legacy as kind of how like Janeway's back in prodigy right now, you know, something like that. Just um. <laughs> quick, quick, Jack! I need you to hit Control Alt Delete. It's, it's my, it's, it's on my clavicle, my right nipple, and then right in the middle of my chest. He's Thank gonna you. stop him. Just like, no, don't restart me. <laughs> Let my battery die. Not this time. Make it. So. <laughs> I, I it because because I, I yes to everything you said again. Where it's like they they ruined it. It was this horrible MacGuffin of season one. Um, which is where like season two is even just like weirder. Um, so it would be something to salvage if there was a way to, you know, leave a corporeal Picard behind at this point. Um, but They're I can also see where they might not do that and they might find a way to kind of just keep everyone going. Um, I mean, I kind of want someone to die just because that's also still a humane touch. And I'll admit, I don't want, there are plenty I don't want going. I don't want Seven going anywhere. I don't want Shaw going anywhere. Um, I don't want anything happening to the LaForges. Um, so, you know, the list is is short. Um, I, you can't I, kill Riker. No, I was going to say, I could stand to lose Riker, and I think that could also be a great gut punch. Will it happen? I don't think so, but yeah. boy, oh boy, would that be a wonderfully taxing thing to go through, to, to lose Will. Well, isn't that... I, I think you, you hit on something really important, BJ. Having someone die in a series makes the stakes more real, Right? So if they aren't actually fighting for their lives, who gives a shit? 
and the proof that they're fighting for the, their lives is when they kill someone off. You know, Gaiman, yeah. I think it was, no, it was Stephen King who was like, don't be afraid to kill your darlings, right? Mm-hmm. In your stories, don't be afraid yeah. to kill them because that's how you keep um, that humanity, that danger, that that spice, I guess. There's got to be some some element of it involved. And, you know, like in, in uh, 17 minutes, in the 17 minutes episode, a couple back was that episode, like four, I think it was. Um, it was so classic TNG because you knew from that first, you know, flashback and, and Will's story about 17 minutes. That's how long, or, or 17 seconds, whatever, not 17 minutes, 17 seconds thing, I think is what it was, um, about how long it took him to get from uh, uh, the the deck to, um, to his child's birth, um, something like that. It was, yeah. it's one of the, it, it was like, I mean, I think I pegged it right away of just, oh, they're going to bookend it on this episode. It's going to happen to Picard's maybe son. And it'll be the same kind of thing where there's a moment of will he or won't he. But of course he will just after we think he won't. And as much as I called it, I ate it up. And I loved it. Like it it, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy of a moment. And it was just very on point for TNG. But it did leave me thinking afterwards of like... Someone's gotta die at some point. Like they've they've gotta they've gotta give us that element where we think it's gonna be another TNG moment and then it's not because we're gonna lose someone in some devastating way. I really hope those stakes do come into play. There's also the fact that, like again, we've gone from season to season to here with so many new people introduced that are already completely forgotten and gone. So you gotta give me something of substance. Yeah. I couldn't even remember her name. Soji. I now remember her Soji. name. Soji. There yeah. you go. Because honestly, who cares at this point? Well, who was the like, doctor? The other one too. Like, what was her name? Um, I don't know. Board Queen. Yeah. Like, like it's like they, they, that's Agnes. Exactly how Agnes Girardi. You know? Agnes Girardi. Now Agnes, I remember. Agnes. And yeah. then who was the great captain that they left in the past? Uh-huh. Like, oh, they, they did too much dude. of this. <laughs> yeah. Handsome dude. Yeah. I need stakes. I and yeah. and, I, and that involves death. Yeah. And he just so gave I, his ship to gave his ship to Rafi. Like, right. Yeah. So, yeah, and I don't yeah, want to see Rafi yeah. OD. I was really worried that was going to happen. Oh, <laughs> like, oh speaking thanks. speaking of daddies, because we talked about that earlier. Um, can we all talk about how Worf, like, oh, with, oh just the silver fox that he is now? Like... He was almost in my choices for uh, Code DS Nine, <laughs> DS Nine Code WTF. He was almost one of my baby <laughs> daddies just, there. Cause... Oh, with that voice too, and he's just like, it is not an honorable death, and I'm just like, <laughs> okay. The slayer of Gauron. The yeah. understanding that, like, oh. He was typing exactly how he speaks. That wasn't <laughs> that wasn't just like weird compute. Like, no, that's just Worf. Okay, okay, I loved it. Love, love, yeah. love. Yeah, and when he when I thought he was gonna die, I became really upset, really upset, really engaged. But I was oh, I, like, yeah. oh, you cannot. We just got him. You cannot. He is too yeah. amazing, too awesome. Yeah, I even so, said that. I was like, this is bullshit. You're not killing Worf. I was like, so boy, crazy. oh boy, did it make us feel. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know what? Honestly, what needs to happen and is Picard needs to die for real. That's that's the yeah. stake here. Is he yeah. needs to know that what he's doing is setting up the rest of them. Like he needs to die. Like so he should I have think- died the first time. And like maybe that needs yeah. to be the the full circle thing too, where it's like you know I was given a second chance and I have this weird robot thing I got going on now. So I'm going to take that second chance that I have to save everybody. Do you think they'll make him go Borg again? 
fucking loved when he was the cutest. Like I, that's that shit still gives me chills. <laughs> that still gives me chills. He's looking at the looking at the screen. You know, I am the cutest of Borg. Like, what if they do that? What if because he's you know droidy now that like there's a second Picard that shows up that's actually the cutest. And Agnes just does it just to, because she's lonely. Like that's. <laughs> <laughs> he's like more like the cutie of Borg. Am I right? Look at you. Oh, You're a singing Cole Porter show tunes on the cube. <laughs> I can't even. They bring they bring data along and they sing blue skies. Sing yes. Irving Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Okay, so here's who I think is eligible to die. Okay. I think um any of the legacy characters. You think they're all on the table? I think any of them are on the oh. table. They won't okay. all die, but I think I think that's how we continue the story. I think that's how we continue to the next iteration of Star Trek. And it's not going to be the new generation. The legacy characters are, someone is going to give up their lives so the new generation can continue continue on. That's what I think. I think um, Deanna Troy could die. Riker is eligible to die. Shaw, no. And and I mean it. Do not kill him, writers. Um, I think... I think Jordy could die. Uh, Data is not. Data should die again. Um, <laughs> did I get everyone? Um, Bev. 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 Bev can die. Yeah. I not okay. So it sounds so callous when I say that. I love these people, um, these characters, but I think I think that's where we're headed. Yeah. I think that them bringing data back the way that they did, where it's like data and lore and before and soon, like all together, like that's them correcting the mistake of killing him in Nemesis. They Because they've tried to correct it once before. They try to correct it in the first season of Picard. And honestly, that was one of the few parts of the first season of Picard that I thought was dead on. Data was like, no, I, I want to die because that's the most human thing you can do. Mm-hmm. And like, let me die. And like, I thought that that was beautiful. It, like, I weeped like a like a baby. Like, that was such a beautiful scene. For them to take that away from him, just like they took Picard's death. Like, it's I'm not saying it's meaningless because again, he is an android, so there there is some interesting things that you can do here. But like, I don't think they can kill him again, right? Like, we at least got to see Data meet Soji, meet his daughter, because like, if you want to talk about a gut wrenching episode of TNG, man, watch The Offspring that episode where data creates a child he creates lol and then starfleet tries to take him take her away and she develops emotions because data has been able to create something that is better than him and like it was such a beautiful touching moment and then she died like that scene where that admiral is like i was watching data's hands move so fast my eyes couldn't keep up like every single time he would fix a neural pathway another one would collapse and like it it just wasn't meant to be like that is so crushing and like because data has no emotion he just goes right back to work i I feel like he needs to see soji and understand that she is his daughter and and for him to because now he has emotions because he didn't solve the emotion chip but like i I want him to be able to experience that i feel like he he deserves that at, at a bare minimum and like if you kill him again so help me god terry matless i will find you because you're all over twitter I will find you, Terry. We will have a conversation and it's not going to end well. See, I'm, I feel differently. You can kill him, Terry. Go for it. <laughs> kill them all. <laughs> I mean, like, let him meet Soji first and then kill him. Like, at least give me that payoff. Like, 
I don't know. I just, I got irritated. I was like, do we have to go back to data? There's, we could have had Moriarty fill in the, that role. Oh, <laughs> Seriously, right? man. Like, and what a tease that, too. Right, what a tease. That was ridiculous. You got Moriarty for like 10 seconds. I was like, this is right. bull crap. So the only purpose right now that we know of for data is um, to let us know what was stolen from Daystrom and then the shenanigans in the episode BJ didn't watch. Um, yeah, which could have been done by Moriarty. I'm like, what? Can we stop? I'm so mm. tired of of because it feels so contrived to me. Like I love the character, and I think they should leave Data dead because of that beautiful scene. It was so perfect. Um, but I feel like it was cheap, and it's just because they wanted a family reunion. Mm. I don't know. Maybe they will kill them all. Maybe it's something where they all end up you know dying on frontier day and and it is you know everyone else essentially left the la forges the uh, seven and shaw and uh little crusher we'll call him um and and who knows who else might survive with them or get picked up along the way but maybe it's something that does kind of we lose them all you know maybe part of the plan comes to fruition and half of them are destroyed gosh kind of like in that similar um uh ending to to prodigy season one where it was that virus that that was actually making a bunch of the the starfleet operations turn on each other that maybe maybe something goes off and we end up losing a bunch of them in some sort of a yeah. significant annihilation it would be a very fitting passing of the torch moment just like at the end of star trek six when the crew essentially signs off and like the, the final uh, captain's log is like, you know, this ship will become the, um, will be uh, trusted to the care of a new generation and doing something like that saying, okay, our Star Trek time is done. We got one last hurrah. We all got back, you know, for this, like if they don't bring Janeway, let me see some Janeway, get her on there. But like get all of those old treks that like we get some characters from DS9, which we've already seen a couple um, with the changelings and stuff like that. Give us more. G give us Cisco if he's. Well, I mean, because isn't he the savior or or the prophet or whatever? The like, emissary. yeah, the emissary. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So he's like space Jesus now. So like, we got to bring space Jesus back. Like, it, maybe a Miles O'Brien would be nice. Like to see Chief O'Brien show up. Um, just like have this like big old Trek reunion, and then say, okay, Trek from this point forward is no longer ours. It is now yours do with it as you please like i think it would be a nice passing of the torch moment if you know they all went out in a blaze of glory like vatic is about to do something stupid and they crash the titan into it and because it's the only way to, to save frontier day and save the federation is blow everything up i like that ships. yeah numbers two to one there's an old saying fortune favors the bold I guess we're about to find out. And now the conclusion. BJ, you were one episode behind us, so I'm dying to know, because you left off right before you found out what Vatic was, the origin story of Vatic, right? Yes. <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah. Um love 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 loved it love the origin thought that was fantastic um <laughs> i think i like started screaming um 
when Jean-Luc gave his just, I didn't know. It was like, you can't keep using that excuse, JL. No, 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 no. Ignorance is is no sort of excuse for what has gone on, especially you, JL, because you have so much heart in the darn Federation, okay? You need to learn your dirty laundry. Um, and it really made me... Um, it kind of it kind of moved me a little bit more of like, ooh, what's Vatic gonna do? What's Vatic like? I I kind of started to feel like, okay, I'm not mad at a revenge plot and see how far you can go with it. Um, so that was really exciting. I'm I'm kind of happy that Vatic got got to captain the Titan for a moment. Um, got to feel like there was some comeuppance for everything that they went through. Um, and, and so I just, I, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed that, all that darkness. Um, I thought it was really twisted of like, you take the form of your, your torturer um, and let that be the face you wear, you know, every day. Although at the same time, like, what a great way to remind yourself of what your mission is <laughs> and why you're doing everything <laughs> you're doing. Like, uh, no, that's, I thought that was intense and, and fantastic. I'm glad, because I thought so too. And then uh, what was it they said when Vatic was being sucked out into space on the bridge? <laughs> Fucking solids. It, it, she used the F word? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Because that's that's what I remember. But I was like, surely she didn't use the actual F word. But I remember hearing fucking solid. So maybe. Yeah. I think she did say it. Hey, this yeah. is, hey, this is new Trek, baby. There's curse words. Which I'm still convinced. We've done this in the past where we had like Star Trek conspiracy theories. I'm convinced that it was just a glitch in the translator. So like the universal translator is just like on the ship and that somebody had set it to like, like, like nanny mode so that like all the curse words were censored out. They've always been there, but like now, like somebody turned it off, like data figured it out. And he was like, Oh, it turns out, doo -doo 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 -doo. you know, I figured it out and I fixed it. And that's why there's so many more curse words. By the way, <laughs> I wanted to talk about our predictions because <laughs> Because I, I was so wrong. I was so, so very wrong. So I remember the first one that we had was, Mike, you wanted Wesley to come back. Yeah, I he did. did. Not. No, but I did some research. Um, yeah, because he had, he had something to say about it. Oh, yeah. Yes, he did. And he made a really, really good point. Um, it, regardless of whether it would have been emotionally resonant for all of us to see Wesley with his mom and with his brother and with, you know, his, his stepdad, JL. Um, he's, he's no longer a inhabitant of the normal mortal coil as a traveler. He doesn't exist on the same plane of consciousness. So he's got other things going on. He had to, had to surrender that family. And this is, this is what Will Wheaton had said. He had to surrender that family in order to become a traveler. And that's part of that. But that also answers why we didn't see Soji again. Because Soji basically got recruited to be a traveler. So that kind of closes up those two. However, I didn't mention it, but I'm a little pissed. And I was just Googling it to see if I could figure out if there was an answer. But why wasn't Whoopi Goldberg in the final episode? Because they literally mention her. They mention her. Because... And it was a, it's a great meme that they did in Star Trek shitposting where it's that scene from Toy Story where Buzz has Woody's arm or uh, Woody has Buzz's arm, but like it has been detached from him. And he's like pretending that Buzz is there. 
and but it's Riker, and Riker's like, "Oh, hey, yeah, Garner was yelling us, so we got to get out of here." <laughs> and then, like, you see that it's just an arm and not the whole body. Like, why was she not there? Like, it was you had you would have only needed like ten seconds of her to be there, even on the holodeck, like just as a hollow version yeah. of herself. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why she wasn't there. I don't. It, it's it, it makes zero sense why she wasn't there in that last episode because they were at her bar, right. You're at her bar and she's not there. That like it it I'm so sure she, there's some reason. She did do an episode of The View where it looked like 10 forward, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had all of them on. So I wonder if that was like her response to not being invited back Possibly. from a card. Yeah. I mean, it could be a contractual thing, it could be a scheduling thing. I mean, there's there's so many different factors involved. Um, I was a little disappointed that we got to see Tuvok, but we didn't get to see Janeway. Um but I do want to state, even though I was wrong about some of these things that I wanted to see or I was hoping to see, overall, I was I was very, very satisfied with the way that the series ended. Yeah, it was it was still a great finale for for the things that <clears throat> that still left us wanting a little more. Um, a, an article actually just came out today um, with Terry Metalis talking about regrets for Ooh. particularly the finale. Um, and one of the main ones that seems to have come up uh, was just budget constraints and timing. And I think that's where that's why we didn't have um, Guinan. That's why we didn't have, as he attributes it to um, Harry Kim. It's a part of why we didn't have Janeway. Um, there were supposed to be in several drafts. And, and anyway, at least in this one article I was reading from, um, they had all of these different things. They had an appearance by uh, Harry Kim. But had to be scrapped. They had Janeway there for Seven of Nine's promotion, um, but it didn't work out. They had a Ugh. reunion scene with uh, Data and Soji, but it, it 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 all ended up being cut on the on the floor just due to budget and due to time constraints. Uh, so he he did want to be able to get more of the characters in, particularly in the last episode. And, it was nice to at least hear that and know that like okay the thought was there the intention was there yeah life still happens and and it it's a little bitter but but it is what it is and and that's okay that makes me feel better his other big regret is that there was not more romance in season three um that he wanted to find ways to, to potentially explore more romance again between Picard and crusher between seven and rafi um he was even hoping to have it get a little bit more romantically nuanced with Riker and uh, Deanna, um, but it just didn't fit. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't think we needed any of it. I kind of thought everything. I think we talked about like that one element of it too with the with like Seven and Rafi, where it was like there was just this great um, awareness. I don't know if we talked about it. Maybe I was talking about it with my partner even. But there was a great awareness of their connections with each other, and it didn't have to be hyped up. It didn't have to be exploited it was it was understood and and i thought that that was sort of a a great next level um if you will of of representation where it doesn't have to be in face it's just sort of it's fluid it's there and it's just like it it just is it just exists um i thought that was really cool man did they fridge laris though because it was like hey girl i'm gonna leave you at the vineyard just chill out have some wine hang out take care of the place i'll be back boo and then he gets to space and he's like, oh, wait, it's my other boo. Oh, no. Like, they just he completely forgot about Laris. Why? Doesn't mention her. <laughs> Wasn't just like, you know, hey, some stuff came up, dot, 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 be home soon. Nothing. Didn't say a goddamn thing. Like, what a douchebag he is. 
And he doesn't he have can't... an excuse. He can't be like, oh, I forgot. He's got a positronic brain. All he has to do is be like, boop, set a reminder. Like, come on. So they could have had her on the, the shuttle going to see the new ship. Like, she still could have been a part of that. In fact, if she is truly his new boo, then she would have been a part of that. So Not anymore. you know what? Maybe she went on with Bev her life. Back. Right? <laughs> she should have. <laughs> she should have just been like, fuck all this French bullshit. I'm out of here. Yeah. I would have been so proud of her. This wine sucks anyways. I was hoping she was going to show up as Vatic's prisoner. I thought, like, now that would have been kick-ass. But then Picard wouldn't have cared. He would have been like, whatever. You think so? He'd be like, who are you again? No, he would not. He's got to pause it. He couldn't use that excuse. Like, I must have forgotten. You have a digital brain, you jerk. He goes back to that bad French captain pirate thing he did in season one for a hot minute. He's like, I do not know. Uh, I've never seen her in my life. <laughs> this woman means nothing to me. <laughs> he had a bad pirate accent in that. Oh my God. It was so great though, because it was the first time you had heard Jean-Luc Picard with a French accent. And it was awful. And now it you know why so he bad. has it. Now you know why he has a British accent. <laughs> just like Sean be... Connery, you know? No accents, just... Him. Just him. He just speaks. <laughs> so they they kind of... Remember when I wanted them to kill Data or leave him dead? Yeah. You heartless. Just... Whew, just, just kill him. Just, just off him. Murder him in front of all of his friends. No, no. Wait till Jordy's <laughs> awake and then do it. Like, just heartless. <laughs> Reunite the best friends and then kill him in front of them. So they kind of did. They kind of, he's now not the same. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's like been reborn. So he's new. So I kind of got what I wanted. And his sabotage scene or when he's flying into the, the board cube, that was pretty cool. Oh. And he's so happy. I absolutely loved the scene with him and Lore. And how he was able to defeat Lore. <gasps> yes, was, I was crying. It was one it was of the amazing. It was one of the best written scenes in the entire season, probably in the entire series. Because, like, ultimately, I was talking about this on at the diner, and it was funny. I was trying to pitch to Rambo and MC why they need to watch it. I was like, <laughs> season one's like it's okay. Season two is 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 also okay. Uh, season three is really really good, and they're like, so two thirds of it sucks. And I was like, yeah, but it's really good. You should watch it. <laughs> 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 but yeah have that they, that scene was fantastic i absolutely loved mm-hmm. it i'm sorry go ahead Mariah. have they seen any other star trek yes um rambo is is pretty up on star trek mc really hasn't watched much so we're trying to like ease him into it and i don't know where to start because there's so much right so yeah that's always the question yeah i was really happy with data one of the things that i loved was when he would go to his counseling sessions with troy and she just was like checking her checking her watch oh my god like looking at vacations and she was just she was over it you could just tell and he was like okay so we'll have another hour session again right and he's it it's both heartwarming but funny like all of it because he's so excited to share all these things and she's just like mm-hmm, yep yeah Mm-hmm. Okay. and then doesn't Riker come in and say like he's still batshit crazy yeah. and yeah. she stops him in the middle yeah. of it yeah it's like oh lord that was great yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I, I think back on it and all the reunions I wanted to see of all these characters it, it would have been impossible for them to get them all because you also would have had to have 
um, Spot. Spot would have had to show up. Uh, we would have had to have seen Lieutenant Yar somehow. We would have had to have seen. We did um, see her. We saw her in his hand. Oh, his that's memory. True. <laughs> yeah. She got a reunion, but no, no Wesley. No Janeway. That's nonsense. No Guinan. No Guinan. Yeah. I think the. <laughs> Guinan's telling the... us to leave. Hey, guys, you got to get out of the bar. <laughs> it's such a cheap theater trick. <laughs> What's that you say, Garden? We need to leave. <laughs> yeah. It was a little it was a little rough, but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. They yeah. they really crammed so much in. Um right from the start of it. Um the whole opening sequence, super fun. Loved yeah. all the changes, loved the board taking over it as the intro opens up. Loved the music from First Contact coming yeah. into play. It was like, yeah. oh, this is oh. it was it was such a love letter. It was such a love it, letter that that it was really like, okay, okay, you're remembering you remembered yeah. a lot of things. If you can get everything in there, you got a lot of things in there. So I wrote down some notes as I was watching this episode. Like I was I was on top of things. Like I was prepared, guys. Like for somebody with ADD, I was very proud of myself for having prepared for this. Um, the president of the Federation of Planets is President Anton Chekhov, the son of Pavel Chekhov. But here's the other thing. That message that he read is almost word for word. The same message that was read by the president of the United, United Federation of Planets in Star Trek IV when he was telling them to stay away from Earth. Almost identical. Wow, I didn't catch that. Plus, mm -hmm. he quotes his father. And he says, my father says there are always possibilities, which is not his father. He was quoting his father, quoting Spock. And I thought that was amazing that he just thinks that his dad was the one that said that. But no, he was quoting Spock. I thought that was that was just out, outstanding. Um, but to BJ's point about the Borg Queen, she was frightening looking. Like, she wasn't even, like, the old Borg Queen where it's, like, she's scary, but she's also kind of hot. And you're just, like, why is she hot? And why am I feeling this way? This I, I have to do some self-reflection on why I feel this way about this character. Um, but, like, yeah, she was disturbing. Like, she looks like a an entity that was – that had a – weird virus infected her and, and take out half the Borg um, collective. And she's just like hodgepodge together and like part of the ship. And like, it was, it was disturbing. And like, I, I really liked it. Cause it was made you uncomfortable. It was unsettling. Like just, it was, it was really, really, really well done. Um, yeah. She was freaky. Have, have y'all seen the, the most recent star Wars film? That was like another series of three. Yeah. Um, Mariah, have you seen them? I think so. Isn't, so with the, oh, yeah, with Palpatine at the end. And, yes. That yes. it's like, I feel like Star Trek achieved with the Borg Queen what Star Wars was trying to do with Palpatine at the end. When they did it with Palpatine, he just looked like he was half dead like on a you know vertical respirator but the boar queen actually looked like oh the, yeah you, you could tell it was a powerful being that was somewhat fallen but but like you said it just it still had this menacing look to her now that, that was not nearly as intriguing as before but still ter like it was it was great i felt like they yeah they achieved what they were going for far better in, oh, yeah. in picard finale than what they were trying to do in star wars with palpatine in that the moment they made the Borg Queen look like she was clinging to life. 
in the sense of this, I think it was called a neurolytic pathogen, I think is what it was called, that they infected the Borg with and at the end of Voyager. And it took out like almost all of the collective. But like, it looks like something that it, you had tried to kill, but it was like so desperate to live on hate alone, basically, that it looked, took every component it could find and just made itself live in like the most disturbing, disgusting way ever. And like, <clears throat> credit to the writers for making the aromatic syndrome, first off, which was stupid, making that make sense. Because when and it and it wasn't like in a cheesy way where it was like uh, blah 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 sci-fi ooh jargon. No, they were like yeah. So when you got um when you got assimilated by the Borg, not only did they like put a bunch of stuff on you, like a bunch of like cybernetics, they also altered your DNA and altered your brain. And I was like, that makes so much sense because yeah, you'd have to, you know, like you have to when you're trying to get two computers to talk to each other that are different models or different makes or different whatever, you have to have connector pieces you have to have things that that bridge pathways so you'd have to build that if you're trying to get a human brain to talk to a, a system of computers and i was like okay this makes sense and then the whole thing with the changelings and they're like they used your brain dna and put it into the transporter buffers and then it altered everybody's dna i was like this is okay all right this is plausible i in a sort of weird sci-fi way okay cool all right i'm with it but like they explained everything in a way that made sense with Star Trek stuff instead of it just being like, I don't know, warp drive or something. That was the reason like it, it, it just made sense. It sort of. They moved through the explanation super, super fast. But uh, I think they tied it up really nicely at the end when they were talking about how they fixed it. And in addition, they were able to solve the changeling problem where mm -hmm. they could also examine the DNA. I thought that was a nice clean bow on that issue. Yeah. Um, but someone was supposed to have died, according to my theories, and it wasn't supposed to be Shaw. I Damn was it. listening to that episode and you were you were like, they better not fucking kill him. And then they killed him. And I was like, she's going to be pissed. I was so <laughs> angry. I was so angry. And it could have been like, you know, all the other Star Trek deaths where people die but not really like nobody ever dies like even q comes back at the end but they fucking kill off shaw which was the what he was like the best new character they've developed in a really long time in in my humble opinion and i'm really fucking pissed about it i think he served a purpose yeah but he, he could have continued because the i don't problem i don't disagree fixed. yeah i don't disagree um i think that he was the vehicle to which seven was able to soar essentially like she had to overcome that last little bit of not the last little bit because she's still gonna run into it but like that whole like oh you were a borg let me tell you what happened to me in the borg let me they ruined my life because of wolf 359 uh which happened like what 30 years ago now at this point i get it people still hold grudges that's that's fine and i like the way that they did it he kept dead naming her too and once he stopped dead naming her that's when they were um that yeah like right at the very end when he was dead it was like okay so he redeemed himself in death which is kind of screwed up because you could have gotten more out of shaw we all really really liked him but i i saw the symbolism of what they were doing there but i have a question for you guys like side note we don't have to go into this now we can go into this later i understand the dead naming thing because that's what she wants to be chose to be called but like the fact that her the name she chooses to go by is the one that she like her captor's name basically you know because the borg captured her and assimilated her when she was a child but she chooses to identify with that 
I'm not saying that I have a problem with that because you identify how you identify and that's how she sees herself. But like that just had a little bit of a problem trying to contextualize that and really understand it. And, and maybe that's coming from my end where I haven't had to deal with any trauma like that, thankfully. But like, did, did anybody else like think of that at all? Or we, or was it very a binary decision where it's, this is what she wants to be called. Go with it. And that's it. She says that she wants to be seven of nine. That's it. I'm not calling her anything else. Great question. I love that. I love that, that, that like you posed that and then that felt like it impacted you. I think for me, I had a really um, just engaged response with her wanting to to be seven and to choose that like this is this is who I am and this is how I want to be referred to and I want everyone to go by that. Um, it's not at all the same, but I go through a similar thing sometimes with my first name being William and being, you know, telling everyone always call me BJ. Um, there are plenty of people I've encountered who refuse to call me BJ because it makes them uncomfortable to call me BJ and they will choose of their own to either call me Will or William, to which I don't respond to. Um, they are part my name. That's my proper name. It's my government name. Um, and I don't have any issue with my name being William. It's just not. In some ways, I'd say it's not necessarily how I see myself. Um, I think BJ fits my personality more and it's it, it, it just has always made sense to me. Um, it's also the nickname that like my family's always called me by. Um, and so it's like, I always end up going through the like motions of having to explain to people like, yes, William Robinson is what you're gonna see on paper. Please call me BJ. And some people are just like, okay with that. I've had other people who have flat out said like, no, I'm gonna call you Will because they just refuse to call me by BJ. Um, and I've always found it so bizarre that some people it's like, not even a second thought for them one like no, no 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 this is how you need to be referred to because this makes more sense and i always thought like well how do you get to decide what's more sensible for me in terms of my name like that should be whatever i say it's gonna be so i i've always i love that about seven that like she stuck with it um it's what she wanted to go by i think in some ways perhaps it's like maybe she didn't feel like she was the annika that people necessarily expected when yeah. they would think of annika and that she had more control over her her identity and her narrative um in in remaining as seven because that's that's who that's how she saw herself i did also think that it's possible that she, in her mind annika is dead right that it was the right. only that's way it was the only way for her to really contextualize that because it is kind of like a death it, like it that that person is dead because they don't exist anymore because of the trauma they experienced from being assimilated and yeah. the thing that we're missing here with this is it, well not that we're missing but like the thing that i didn't think about either is that she was a borg way longer than she was annika like yeah we see her as an adult and she got assimilated when she was a child so it's just one of those things where it just it, it, it knocked pause into me because of such a traumatic experience but i guess she can't think of herself as anything other than that and to think of annika might remind her over and over again of the pain of loss. Like she can mm -hmm. never have that family again. She never, you yeah. know, it doesn't remind her of her humanity. It reminds her of her loss. And yeah. so since Voyager, they agreed to call her seven. I imagine now seven, the, the name has been transformed into victory and transcendence. Um, but I can see why it's problematic 
politically within Starfleet when you're going by a very um, a moniker that means your enemy, basically. Yeah. So I can see why Shaw didn't Shaw had a really hard time with it, um, especially because of that personal uh, anger towards the Borg. But also, I viscerally rooted for her, and I um, uh, when he finally called her seven, it was like a victory for her. Mm-hmm. So, and I I get what you were saying, Mike, about him being a tool for her success, and I think that helps me with his death a little bit. But man, I miss his snark. It he, was, he was refreshing. Yeah. He was yeah. refreshing. Right yeah. on. Yeah, he was. And like you said um, in the previous episode, that he didn't worship at the altar of these heroes. He wasn't He wasn't like, oh, it's Picard. Oh, it's Riker. He was like, you guys defy orders on a regular basis. Like you put tons of lives in jeopardy. How many times have you broken the prime directive? I don't know, like every single time that you're on a ship? Like, no thanks. But the... <laughs> the way he revered Jordy and just ha- just like absolutely fanboyed out and was just like, oh my god, it's Jordy LaForge. Is that like, right? Back his... to like being a Trekkie of just like, yeah. oh okay, you can you can feel strongly one way or another about some of them, but you're still gonna have a favorite. Like there's still yeah. a reason you're in on all of this, and and yeah, and yeah, that was nice. That was a really yeah. nice touch, a human touch. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that's why there was a LaForge on the bridge? Mm, oh, I, wow. that's a great question a that's, little a wow little nepotism, just a little nepotism at play oh he he loved jordy so much that he put one of jordy's daughters on the wow yeah makes sense i could see that yeah <laughs> I, right. I had the question and i don't know if we have an answer for it when did he record the message promoting seven it's like when in all of that did he record that message? Do you think when they were sinking into the nebula and thought they were going to die, and he thought just in case, because they had a lot of downtime then. So maybe, you know, he thought, even if we die, at least I've done this. Because if there's a black box to recover at the end, you know, at least she'd have a good name afterwards. That's the only time I think they could have done it, unless he did it before all of this. And he was just yanking her chain and being an ass because at some point, um, what was it? Rudeness overtook charm. What was his phrase? Forgive yeah. me. Yeah. At some, at so, some, something like that. Yeah. 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 I actually print, have it printed out in my, in my cubicle at work. Nice. It was great. I mean, that whole episode when he's just like, again, tearing into Picard in front of his son, <laughs> guy, that, that was, yeah, 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 that was a low point. And that was one of those moments where it was questionable of like, what exactly is going to happen with Shaw? Like, is he is is he going to turn against everyone and kind of like have his own mutinous moment? Or like, it was it was interesting. It got it got dark. <laughs> he yep. was one of the most well fleshed out characters in such a small amount of time that I think they've written in a really long time. Because not only could he stand up when he needed to be, like he knew how to run his ship, but you could also see all of his relationships just laid out there um, to to wallow in um and he had an arc that was super fast but so captivating maybe that's why i enjoyed him so much that and because he was so such an antithesis to picard um Mm -hmm. but who did you guys think was going to die no i think you guys said no one was going to yep i i felt like i needed someone to die i was i was kind of in your camp still of like kill a legacy kill a legacy of some sort um i was thinking maybe will was going to go 
obviously he did not. <laughs> I'm so glad that he didn't because he was so broken by the death of his son that he now gets a chance to redeem the lost relationship that he had with Deanna. Yeah. All right. That's fine. One of the things, another person. Okay. So we talked about how uh, Laris just got fridged. Let's also talk about uh, their daughter, um, the Riker daughter. And I can't remember her name from season one. Because um, no one remembers her. No one cares about that. Yeah, I no, was our, wondering about that yeah. too of like, wait, yeah, you have another kid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess you kind of had to leave her on that planet. But I mean, it's not like, hey, come on, we're going to go fight the Borg and or changelings or we don't know what the hell is going on. Come with us, kid. Like, I mean, I guess it's good that they didn't bring it back. Uh, bring bring her with them. Yeah, um, I didn't I didn't want to see any of them die. Um, and I'm glad that they didn't kill any of them. Um, Star Trek has a trend. For the most part, they don't kill characters. They don't kill main characters. I, yeah, I can even think of like they killed Spock, but that's because Leonard Nimoy was 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 pissed and was tired of being Spock, and it was a chance for him to um, direct Star Trek Three. But ultimately, he was dead for a whole movie. That was it, and then he was back at the end. So like, the, the Star Trek plays it real fast and loose with characters when they're dead. So for all we know, yeah, the Borg quote unquote killed him. But what if they killed him and it it um, infected him with nanoprobes and he's going to come back as a Borg and they managed to save him because now they know how to do it because they've got Jack and Jack is Vox. He's the voice of the Borg. So he can just be like, hey, don't be a Borg. And the guy, and he'll be like, all right, cool. Like, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of possibilities out there. They brought back Culber um, through mushrooms. Like they can bring back Shaw. I will hope. I will hope forever. I'm yeah. not mad at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they could also, if, here's the other possibility I read this, and, and again, thanks to Star Trek shitposting, um, I read a theory that, like, not a theory, but, like, they could bring him back as the engineer of the Enterprise-G um, through um, hologram or holographic uh, needs, just like the Doctor. Because the Doctor, they were like, oh, the Doctor is now on Daystrom Institute. So they have, they could create a program that has, you know, holographic Shaw. Like, I mean, there's so many possibilities. They could do whatever the hell they wanted if they really wanted to. Like, it's. Well, I'm saying they need to want to because. There you go. Yeah. I'm not happy. And yeah. I was, I've never watched a show and been so mad and happy that everyone survived in all my life. <laughs> but it was, it was such a fun ride seeing yeah. them rush to their rescue and. The queen was super pissed and Jack came back and who is really fun to watch, by the way, he's a very handsome young man. So I'm glad they didn't kill him and uh, they didn't have to bring Q back. Really oh, that curious questions. Yeah, because like it was a real like he's like, I thought you were dead. And he's like, hey, you mortals or something. And it's like, wait, what? Time like, is not le linear. You think too linearly. And I'm like, look. Look, look, bro. Like, it's just like this is but, again. We didn't need the first two seasons. It was another moment. I'm like, we didn't yeah. need the first two seasons. Like, but why are you guys keep thing, doing though, this to us? Is with Q. <laughs> that is the most Q move, and I think I mentioned this in the last episode. That is the most Q thing ever to do. To be like Jean Luc, let me give you these treasures because I love you. Why are you doing this? Oh, because I'm dying. And then he's not actually dying. He's just a drama queen. Because that's what the Q stands for. Um, <laughs> like. <laughs> Just like, I thought you were dying. Yeah, no, dead. you said you were dead. I was dead tired. Eh, nothing? Yeah. It it was a moment, because it reminded me of it from the thinking on Voyager, that it, they could have brought in Q Jr. Oh, yeah. 
Q has a son. Janeway's the godparent. And it was like, wait a minute. If we're doing generations here, like, whoa, 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 whoa. come on, come on. And I was like, that would have been so cool. Little Q Jr. and Jack. Do you know who Q is? Mariah, you asked this before. Is he the devil? Is he God? Is he Loki? No, he's Tinkerbell. He's so dramatic that if people aren't paying attention to him, he dies. And you have to clap and applaud and think about him to bring him back. He is Tinkerbell. He's a pixie. That makes sense. When somebody says, I don't believe in Q, a Q dies. I believe in Q's. I believe in Q's. It's like Tinkerbell. He's focused on on one captain, you know, know, little Peter Pan. Yeah, he's sassy. You know, like... There's the moment he shows up at the end of that Lower Decks episode and he's in his like OG Q garb and yeah. they're all just like, no, we've had enough for the day. We're not doing this Q. And then they walk away from like, him. Man. <laughs> My favorite is the one where he loses his powers um, and then he gets his powers back and he's so... Uh, happy that he brings like the whole mariachi band that is my absolute favorite that is like one of my favorite star trek scenes of all time and the gifts the gifts that come from that of like there's a meme where it's like somebody saying for me to not be on my bullshit anymore and then me back on my bullshit and it's him playing the trumpet (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm kind of it was again it was still fun it was yeah. great again the line of it of just don't think so linearly like, it was like this sounds this sounds like you and it feels good even though i'm still like what the f are you doing here i'm not mad at seeing you like, it was yeah they they did a lot of things like that in in this finale where it was just like maybe that's not exactly what i would have done but i'm also not complaining <laughs> yeah they didn't yeah. take themselves too seriously which i think is how they walked that line you know yeah. Um, when we think of something as so sacred, you know, like so many of us do about our fandoms, we don't play with it and we don't revel in it as much. And I think that's why we enjoyed this season so much, um, cause it didn't take itself seriously. It reveled mm-hmm. in all of its lore. And, um, we had a fanboy on, you know, between Shaw and, and Jordy, it was self-aware and it, it gave us the delights we wanted that escape that we wanted. Um, and I think the best of all of them was how they handled Worf. And when he's snoring on the bridge at the end, <laughs> I was like, I need a little blanket and just cover him up. And they put him went- in Bernie Sanders position like it was inauguration <laughs> and they just let him let him drift off. It was like, oh, my gosh. But it's such a dad move, too, because like you take a nap in a place where there's a lot of other people like that it was yeah just outstanding just outstanding <laughs> 10 out of 10 uh and they, then go you go ahead bj they were, they were just such a it was such a great like, like you said they didn't take themselves too seriously because there were so many just like cheesy 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 especially in that last like 10 15 minutes of it and you just ate it all up all of the lines of the you know um watch your futures and was like ah she said that they were you know like there were so many moments where they were saying things of like this is so perfect thank you for spoofing that thank you for spoofing that um crusher getting on the phasers and torpedoes was like what and and just like letting them all do the slow I've learned a few things over the that it was like oh my gosh brilliant yeah. there were so many little things like that that was super super fun yeah the all of it but like 
I, I totally agree. There, there, if you're really listening with with a with a close ear, there's so many things that, like you said, watch your futures end. She said that shit in first contact brought it back. It was to to tie back to what you were saying before. It was like Rise of Skywalker, only Successful. well done. Except <laughs> it, only it was done done correctly. Um, the goodbyes between Riker and Picard and Worf, like that. Oh, that gut punch, like. And I had mentioned this before, the, the writing for, for these was so much better than Picard's sentiments that he had ex- expressed in, in previous seasons. This was more yeah. true to him. It was understated, but classy. And that was that was Picard. He would say one thing. He would say one sentence that was just like dead on. But it was never these big flowery emotional speeches because that wasn't him. But like I, I was watching this, th- this whole episode with – I had tears in my eyes. I was laughing. I was cheering. I was smiling like – they nailed every single one of the emotions. And like Mariah, I know you as as a as a parent can appreciate this this scene as well. But when he when Picard connects himself to the to the Borg and he's looking at Jack and he touches Jack's face and he says, You have changed my life forever. Like that's every parent ever to their child. Like Picard was willing to die for his son to be with him. Like that hit me right in the feels. And like it was just so well done. And like one of the things they did in, in Star Wars Rise of Skywalker was there was this message at the end that was really, really great of like, you get to choose your just, your destiny, your name. You, you know, um, Ray was the granddaughter of Emperor Palpatine, but that doesn't matter. She chose her own path. She chose to be a Skywalker. Star Trek did this as well, but they did it better. And what they did was is the message of found family, cho- chosen family. Is it's not just either or. It's not a binary choice. It's not you. You choose your family and you eliminate the blood family. No, you mix them together. And there's no destiny. We choose our own fate. We choose our own family. It, it's not one or the other. You choose how you want your family to be. And I thought that was just just brilliantly handled. And like, if you were really listening, like I mentioned before, there's those lines that echoed the things. Um, they had the echo from First Contact. The echo from Star Trek Four when President uh, Chekhov comes on. But the music, the music was a mashup of TNG. It was a mashup of the movies. It was a mashup of the, when they're in space dock, that's the same fucking music from space dock from Star Trek three. Like mm-hmm. I was so excited. I was like all of it. It was, it was so well done. Like they the, used the, the generations theme in the closing when they're finally powering down the end of like, it was like, uh, I was with you where it was just, it was just tears. There's just a lot yeah. of tears. I'm like, wow. They, yeah. this was some of the best damn storytelling on TV in a while. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, they didn't, they didn't take themselves too seriously. What Mariah had said. Um, the fact that Picard was like, you know what? I missed the carpet. Like, I, was, I thought that was great. <laughs> As a kid, that was my favorite thing about Star Trek. That's what made me watch it because I was fascinated by the, and it's the stupidest thing to be excited about, but the carpet on the bridge, I was like, wow, that's classy. That's cool. They must have amazing janitorial whatevers because they're all doing this thing they're going to other planets and they got carpet (laughs) and that's pretty snazzy and that is the stupidest thing for like a six-year-old to be thinking about but that i actually understood what he was saying a little bit but it makes it makes it homey instead of like i think yeah yeah like the bridge of a battleship because yeah it makes it less sterile yeah and like the ready room it was all carpeted and Plus chairs. Oh, and you have all the decorations and toys and stuff. Like yeah. there's all the little gold yeah. enterprises in the back and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right. What happened to Picard's fish that he had? 
the fish that he had in his uh yeah you know. no i know yeah well yeah i mean it probably died in generations when they crashed the enterprise on the on that planet i'm so glad we're thinking about that now yeah. I'm saying, it's with Laris. Laris is taking care of the fish. <laughs> All the forgotten <laughs> things are with Laris. <laughs> Laris, the fish, Gerardi, um, you know, yeah. Dan and Troy's daughter. They're all hanging out somewhere. Yeah. They went on I also, I had a theory that if you watch the, <laughs> if you watch TNG, you'll notice that Spot is not the same cat every single time. It's a different version of orange tabby. Sometimes it's a long <laughs> hair, sometimes it's a short hair. And I, I just assumed that that data accidentally killed a ton of them. But they, <laughs> but like Jordy was so afraid that data would be upset, even though data doesn't have emotions, he was so afraid that data would be upset that he would just get another cat to replace it. But data is is so focused on other things, so focused on like the minute details of the enterprises warp conduits and all these other things that he wouldn't notice the minute details of the difference in cat. He would just be like, oh, that spot, obviously. Like, and I, I was hoping that there would just be another spot. And nobody would say anything about it. This is obviously not the same cat, but he doesn't care. He's just happy to have a cat. Like, question, question, where does the cat come from? Like, is this something they just replicate? Are they replicating pets or do, is it like a hologram? Is this a program that Jordy created for him? I have to know this now. Cat. Well, they didn't have the mobile emitters until uh, Voyager. So they wouldn't have been able to do that. Yeah. So it couldn't have been a holographic cat. Um, is it an Android cat? No, because it's a different everything. cat every single time. So I don't know. Like they they get a shipment of cats. Like there's a cat room somewhere. There's a, is he they, is he playing with his DNA? Possibly, genetically altered cats. Like they, we saw a gen genetically altered Tribble, the attack Tribble. So maybe they have. Jordy's been secretly just experimenting on cats for a very long time. I need to pull up the schematics of the Enterprise, because <laughs> if you ever look at the schematics of the Enterprise, they have so many extra rooms that we didn't even... There's a, a thing called, and they talk about it in um, in uh, Lower Decks, Cetacean Ops. Cetacean Ops is like the dolphins and the whales and stuff like that. Yeah. And like, oh, apparently, yeah. apparently they somehow are the navigators for the ship. Like, I don't know how, but they are. But is like, that like a throwback to Dune and the squid people in the spice tanks? Oh, possibly. Kind of. I mean, I figured it was just like a Star Trek Four reference where it was like, hey, if, <laughs> if whales can contact um, these weird turd-looking probes from all the way across the universe, <laughs> then maybe they are onto something and they know a lot about space travel. And it just turns out we've never asked them before. And they finally get the Universal Translator working. And they're like, hey, what do you guys know about space travel? And whales are like, we've been waiting for you to ask us this for centuries. We know so much shit. Let's tell you. <laughs> Is that like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy when the dogs yes. are like, see ya, Even and better. thanks for all the fish. <laughs> so long and thanks for all the fish. <laughs> so what does that say about us that all, a lot of our sci-fi thinks that dolphins and whales are so much better than humans and have been space traveling for centuries and are, <laughs> <laughs> we're just so unimpressed with ourselves. It's funny though, because like what we've studied and what, what we've learned about dolphins in general is dolphins are kind of fucked up, actually. Like dolphins are douchebags, and they do what? like all sorts of they're like smart, cool. But they're they're assholes. Don't they yeah, get they high do... with pufferfish? Yes, yeah, they'll purposely like make pufferfish like <laughs> puff up and then like bounce it around like a fucking beach ball and then get high <laughs> off of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, there was an experiment on a tardigrade. It must be true because I saw it on Facebook. There was this uh, obviously they brought it down to like 
millions of Kelvin, whatever. So like near vacuum space. So it was a, a little cyst and then they quantum entangled it, which didn't really prove anything except that it was, it could exist there in that state. And then they were able to reanimate it after it was there for like three weeks. So they quantum entangled a tardigrade. I was like, Damn. my cilial network. <laughs> I was like, that's wild. <laughs> little mushrooms, a little fungus. And we're zooming. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I love the the whole tardigrade slash mycelial network, like because all of this stuff is is based on real science. Yeah, like mm -hmm. the the whole mycelial network is a real thing. Um, I mean, I don't know if it'll work in space, but it works in and like on on Earth. But yeah, I just lo I love that there's always like this little tiny shred of science, and then they just kind of do whatever they want with it from there. By the way, I meant to mention this, and there's no reason I remembered it now, um, but we already had in Prodigy all of the ships fighting each other. Mm-hmm. I thought about that as well when that all that was happening, and they're taking their Starfleet formation and whatnot, and it was just like, well, hmm. I think we did this. I thought, you know what's, hmm, this you know what's funny little, about that? Well, interesting. <laughs> they made a mention of this too. The fact that Elizabeth Shelby, the foremost expert on the Borg for the Federation, was like, yeah, let's interconnect all of the ships together. Nothing bad could happen. And they even mentioned that. They're like, it's ironic that Shelby's the one doing this. And like, man, they did her dirty. She's like, look, I'm captain of the Enterprise. I've wanted this since the 90s. Remember when I was vying for, for Riker's spot so that I could become the next in line for the Enterprise? And like... And then she got the Enterprise chair for 15 minutes and then assimilated children murdered her. And it was just like... I mean, that's kind of a legacy death. Oh, yeah, for sure. Stop yeah. and, and realize. Because it's like, oh, yeah, well, that's right. They, they killed her. And, and <laughs> that was a big deal that we got to see her. And then she died. Shelby got done <laughs> dirty, man. And then like on top of that, the, the, the Enterprise F, which is... And, oh, man, okay. So I'm, I played Star Trek online for a while. And that was the the ship that was the U.S. It's the Odyssey class uh, starship. Like everybody talked about, like, are we going to see the Enterprise F? It's an Odyssey class starship. Everybody was nerding out about it. We got to see it for like 15 minutes and then it's not even an Enterprise anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Bad things happened on the ship. No, 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 we're not doing that. Yeah. I do hope in the future they come up with new villains and uh new strategies to defeat them and like i hope they do as much fun as this was um one of the things i loved about discovery is we had crazy new ideas new yeah right so yeah. i'm really hoping that with maybe section 31 and um the the academy series we get new creative crazy shit um and that the borg can be either gerardi borg or totally eliminated borg um and the changelings are done um or maybe we have now changelings in starfleet at the academy if if they do it you know 900 years in the future that would be really interesting but i i i like how they incorporated everything in in the end of picard but can we just leave it there now i think people in the, the are in the trek world of it i think trekkies a lot of trekkies did want another big bad of some sort though because we didn't get that with discovery we didn't get mm -hmm. that with strange new worlds um in in great ways again no complaints about either of those they're fantastic as they are and i wouldn't change a thing um 
but there wasn't like a <laughs> sometimes people like to be able to come together by centrally hating someone um uh tough truth and 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 Picard provided that outlet for for people who enjoy that kind of I guess more traditional conflict in in storytelling and so there was something neat about that and I guess that's also where I didn't mind it um backtracking in the way it did i thought it was neat ultimately of bringing the changelings and borgs together and that it did leave us guessing for a bit of trying to like wait where is this all going what exactly is it going to be is it this is it so so there was something nice about that certainly at the same time i do agree where i'm ready for new and i really hope that with the movies as they do them that there are new things to engage. I still hope we see some familiar faces return, but I hope that there are new new conflicts and certainly new uh, antagonists yeah. to, to, to play with. I think that there were, I don't think this was meant to be fresh ideas, this, this season, this series. I think this was meant to close the book on Picard because they felt that there were things from Next Generation that they didn't get to finish because the movie series ended so abruptly because uh, Nemesis was such a pile of trash. And mm -hmm. that's why we didn't see a lot of like creativity. There were some things that they did, I suppose, but overall it was, it was just a ton of nostalgia. That was, that was executed well. Um, but one of the things that I was just thinking about that might've been cool is if instead of having the changelings just be a thing and then essentially just kind of get thrown out the error lock, like they were, um, that if they had, if, if the Borg had turned on them, if the Borg had double crossed them, once the Borg got what they wanted, then the Borg assimilated them. I think that that would have been awesome. I know that that's dark, but I think it would have been really, really cool. Because like you have Vatic, and Vatic's like, "I did everything you asked," and she's like, "Yeah, you did." And now you're mine. And then like those little like minions that Vatic had around her, just all of a sudden are assimilated because Jack. She uses Jack. She assimilates Vatic. She assimilates all of them, and now the changelings are Borg. And like, it just would have made more sense in my opinion, because the changelings were just kind of like, all right, well, you guys did your thing and now you don't matter anymore. Um, either way, they did a good job of tying up two really, really big loose ends. I feel like the only problem with it was, is they waited too long to reveal that the Borg were involved because then all the Borg stuff felt rushed at the end. Uh, unless you were going to give us like two or three more episodes, because I would have liked to have seen more like, okay, so this is what the neurolytic pathogen did. And then you actually see the queen doing what I was talking about before, like clinging to life and finding anything she could to assimilate within herself to keep her alive. And this was my plan. And I knew my ultimate plan was this because all you had to do was knock somebody up Picard, And then your kid was going to be mine and your kid was going to be the answer for everything. And honestly, if every single person who'd been assimilated and then turned the, what do they call them? XBs in the, in season one, mm -hmm. any of them have had children in any way, shape or form. Guess what? They're all the voice of the Borg. That would have been so much more scary because then it's not just turning Jack. Then, then it's a much more insidious plot and it's a much scarier thing because like for her to, for a, an alien being to be bent on total domination of the entire galaxy by assimilating everything, but then pinning all of her hopes and dreams on one bald French dude banging people is 
really, 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 that's narrow. Because, like, not only that, like, she knows his mind. She's been in his mind. Like, Picard likes to bang. We've seen that. But at the same time, you know what else he likes to do? Drink tea and read books. And it's entirely possible if somebody's like, hey, want to have a baby? He'd be like, I have more cultured things to do. Let me read this book. Like, he... He literally had somebody on Riso that came up to him was like, hey, what's up? And he's like, I'm in a very interesting book right now. Can you go away, please? (laughs) I think you're both right. That's all I got to say about that. (laughs) I think we definitely needed more Borg stuff sooner. I agree with you on that. Or or it needed to be 12 or 13 episodes. I think you're right on all of that. It's like like cowbell. Like, I I need more. I got to have more Borg. (laughs) <laughs> so it I, makes sense though because that was the what you said bj about everyone wanting to hate someone together the fastest way to get to that is with like the the enemies that we loved to hate the most the changelings and the borg so to move things really quickly and not have to explain a new enemy um as much i think that was the smartest choice for them even though i'm craving new villains and and new fears i was wondering if there was going to be a um and i think ultimately oh i was wondering if there was going to be a changeling that went against the the plans of the changelings and the borg and was going to try and do the like you know i'm on your side and and do that kind of thing i'm glad it didn't happen because i feel like that happens a lot in storytelling so I think ultimately i'm happy they didn't do that but i i kept kind of waiting to see like are they gonna are they gonna do something that way with it um the other two details that i enjoyed um i kept wondering why why there was a clear message of don't use the transporter don't use the transporter every time it was like no, no, no use a shuttle use a shuttle Vatic was saying use a shuttle roller and was saying use and it was like why are they doing this why are they doing this so i appreciated that coming back and being explained and making sense on oh, okay keeping yourselves clear of getting your dna scrambled and and you know becoming assimilated ultimately so that was i didn't even think of that yeah i didn't even catch that i i because i noticed obviously you know roller when she came over to do security check and all that it was with the shuttle um and then it was again with uh oh my gosh batik um when she was finally coming over to the titan as well just like no no no, we're taking a shuttle over we're not beaming we're not beaming and they were just like avoiding that usage of transporter um and then my other just thought i was going to mention earlier too is that i am happy that we did get to see and you know i'll i'll go with the blind faith on it but we got to see tuvok um and that it was like yay it's real tuvok and 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 he survived um i actually was happy to see him again and know that he survived he was not someone that i wanted to die Yes, I'm very glad that they didn't kill Tivok as well. I there didn't was a... care that much. <laughs> you also haven't watched Voyager though, right? I haven't finished it. And it, like yeah. of all the things that I regret <laughs> not finishing it. Uh... Yeah. I'm happy that he's still alive because I'm now hoping he'll show up on Prodigy since we've already got Janeway and Chakotay on there and there's more to go in wherever that's going to head in this next season. Where Where is Prodigy like in the timeline? I think this... Well, oh, yeah, actually, I'm not sure on that question. Um, so... It's got to be close to where we're at. Maybe it's a little before. Uh, the answer is Prodigy happens in the year 2383, five years after the end of Voyager, roughly a year after the most recent season of Lower Decks, and very close to the earliest flashback in Picard in 2385, meaning Prodigy is wedged into a very specific part of the canon. So, okay, okay, okay. So, so if that happened before Picard, what the hell are they doing linking their systems? Boom, 
first big quest. again though you get it you get a chain you get a changeling in command like yeah, takes oh, over an like, admiral and starts saying this is what we need to do as far as fleet wide but and no one would have agreed with it because they i'm sorry i'm sorry mike no you're fine i was just gonna say unless they're all changelings and they'd all agree but i mean it was so did you see prodigy it was so dramatic yeah. Yeah. it was way dramatic like everyone would have remembered that that's the that's the one plot hole that i'm i'm actually yeah but yeah it's fine yeah. and that's it's another whatever. it's another crew infiltration from yep. prodigy you know um hidden identities uh, getting the ships to turn on each other and that that one was scarier because yes, because it was just all programming i mean it's like being on the freeway and if you just happen to get too close to another car that's like the same model make y'all are crashing into each other and you have no yeah. control over it yeah, yeah. Star Trek doesn't learn their lesson. Starfleet specifically <laughs> doesn't learn their lesson. Damn Starfleet. <laughs> I I did have an... In, okay, so I'm glad that automation systems... Hey, by the way, if you're listening to this, go to TikTok. Look up Great Geek Refuge. You'll see a video that I made all about this thing I'm about to talk about right now. Um, so I did a TikTok, um, and you guys remember this, and you liked it, and you loved it. Thank you very much. Um, where I talked about the self-destruct sequence on the Enterprise. In talking about that, I also talked about the automation system. So Scotty put this thing in place that basically ran most of the ship's functions on its own, right? Like it was just in auto autopilot, basically, except for a few functions, right? The Enterprise D is approximately four to five times bigger than the the original Enterprise. That's a big girl. Like the Enterprise D is a big girl. And to be able to function the Enterprise D off of the basic crew of Picard, Riker, Troy, Data, Geordi, Worf, and Crusher. And then Jack's, well, no, because Jack was assimilated. Um, so like seven people, seven people running the biggest goddamn ship that you've ever seen in your life. Just by itself. Like Geordi is a genius because Scotty is supposed to be a genius as well. And Scotty couldn't get the automation system to work right. He was like, it's overloaded. I don't know what the hell's going on. And Geordi's like, ah, no worries, man. I got this. Like, that's a big ship, dude. And like, I was I'm very impressed that they were able to run it off of seven people. Granted, two of them being positronic. So maybe that helped. I don't know. But like, a lot. yeah, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that these things are getting fixed in the future. But like, at the same time, he was like, oh, no, she's analog. She doesn't, you know, she doesn't communicate with any, the, it can't be completely analog because it's completely analog. How are you running that whole goddamn ship with seven people on the bridge? <laughs> Small plot hole. Yes, your witness. What was that one line? The like, you know, this is your friendly, positronic, pissed off security system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Worf did good by Raffi at the end. Yeah, he, yeah, because it, they were. He, he leaked classified yeah. information, but uh, he did good. To, mm -hmm. to redeem her in the face of her family, which was, which was awesome. Like, that was really cool. Yeah. They tied all that up and that was, that was really neat. They were such a fun duo to watch. I could, wa I feel like I could watch a series of just Worf and Raffi, like, Kind of being like yeah. private investigators throughout the galaxy. A buddy cop show, yeah. <laughs> hang on, hang on. I just realized something. Uh, Elnor, Elnor was his name, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, 
There's what? another one. Let's talk what? about Elnor real quick. What happened to him? Let's talk about Wait, Elnor. wait, who's that? Who's that? Elnor was the Romulan ninja that they adopted in season one that Picard um, was like, it, was yeah. To, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You ready for this one? The other yeah. son that we haven't heard about. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, he was assigned to the USS Excelsior. In episode nine, the USX Excelsior somehow was defying the 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 programming and was fighting the rest of the fleet, and they paraded the ship. Oh no, because it used that um, engineering channel to communicate with the other ships, mm -hmm. and they forced the Excelsior out in front of the entire fleet and obliterated it as a as a lesson to the rest of the fleet. Mm -hmm. So Elnor got blowed the fuck up. And that bummed me out because they didn't even mention it. But our boy Elnor, who died in season two, and then Hugh brought him back just to have him get blown the fuck up again. Someone should have been like, Jean-Luc, your other son. Who? <laughs> <laughs> what a douche. Wow, God. you're amazing for catching that. Mm. I was like, oh, there goes a sad little ship getting blown up. And Mike's like, how could you? You killed our <laughs> Romulan boy. I'm like, because you kill our boy, and I've already forgotten about him. Like I've forgotten the whole first two seasons. Just chopping like, popcorn. You're like, who's Elnor? What? <laughs> uh, who? Oh, who they they did do him dirty. Oh man, oh. And that was sad of Excelsior because that's um um undiscovered country. Yeah. Like they that, chose that, that, that whole that. ending thing with Excelsior and Enterprise, yeah, that was um, which yeah. was neat to the end of this one again with the Enterprise and Titan of like, ah, oh, that's similar. They, the only... they did Go. that on purpose though. They knew what they were doing because they chose the name Excelsior. They knew they were they were closing a, a, an open plot, whatever, that needed to be tied plot up, hole. a loose end, yeah. Yeah. a loose end, you know. They just- They knew. The callousness of it. Yeah, I we think don't I heard someone in the background of that scene say Girardi was on there. So they really tied it all up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Girardi. Ugh, <laughs> where, were the, where the fuck was she, by the way? No one knows. Just off doing Borg shit, like with her weird. You know what? Hold up. Like, well, because yeah. Shaw mentions Girardi in, at one point. He talks about how there was like that weird timeline change thing with with Borg or whatnot. And technically, I guess they're like a different, they're not the primary, you know, Borg function where she's at in their- um, They're Messianic Borg. They're, they're Messianic Borg who are like <laughs> contingently part of Starfleet as well. Like, it's kind of weird that like, you guys gave us a whole season of this mess. And like, you traveled through way too many time loops to like, Jeez. give us this whole, like literally, the first and last episodes bookend with this whole thing of like, Gerardi's a ball queen of some sort. And then it was like, nothingness. <laughs> I'm just saying, where was she, okay? If she's a pan-dimensional Borg queen doing whatever in her, like, okay, let's all be honest, okay? The new Borg ship in season two looked a lot like a vagina, okay? Like let's let's just not beat around the bush here for <laughs> lack of a better term. Uh, okay, all right, thanks, PJ. Uh, You're not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. That was the shake <laughs> going on. I mean, that was cool. also deliberate. Yeah, oh, no, that was totally deliberate. Yeah, because you know they were sitting there in in the writers' rooms and and the designers, and they're all like, "This is what we're gonna have." And someone's like, "Um, ex excuse excuse me, it's I see." I see lips. Does anyone else see lips? <laughs> Am I the only one? Am I the only one that's seeing this? Come on. Uh, it's another conversation I wish I got to see. But I'm looking up people's questions about Gerardi, which is almost just as funny. Someone's like, 
um, Gerardi's Collective is different from the classic org we know. Gerardi's Cooperative Society Limited. Um, LLC. All right. <laughs> Someone unhelpfully explains the Gerardi Collective is something completely separate. Thanks. I figured that. <laughs> Thanks, dude. <laughs> you didn't see it there the whole time. It was there. It was just off screen, but it was like right there. <laughs> Someone says, I think it is odd that Picard's first reaction wasn't to get in touch with Gerardi the moment they were brought up. That would have been interesting. They were the res <clears throat> they were the result of the alternate timeline queen, who was the prisoner of the Nazi Federation and was then brought back in time with the crew and merged with Gerardi, so they had nothing to do with the actual Borg in Picard's time. I'm assuming they're still guarding the unknown transwarp conduit. Whatever. But then why didn't that ah? Why didn't the unknown transwarp conduit come into this season? Why didn't why didn't the, the the freaky deaky board queen that was part of the wall, you know, like part of the decoration, mm -hmm. she's very art deco. It was cool, you know, like like very Geiger-esque in a way. <laughs> um, why did we not see some sort of tie with that? Why was Girati not involved? Like, why did Picard not like open up his communicator and be like, Agnes, it's JL. Like, oh, wait, it's Mista or whatever she called him. Like, because <laughs> again, she's totally in love with him, by the way. Okay, like. Like she's definitely in wherever she is right now, writing on her little Borg Trapper Keeper, like Agnes Gerardi, Borg Queen, and JL forever. You know, like she's she's totally doing that. Like nothing. You just don't bring her back, or like explain, like oh well, it turns out she's actually on another plane of consciousness. She's in a different realm. She's in a different like timeline. Fucking whatever. Say something. But like somebody that could have legitimately come in and helped and been like, oh, hey, it just turns turns out if you just turn off the Wi-Fi, then you're good and they can't assimilate you. Oh, shit. That's all we had to do. Like, put it in airplane mode. You're fine. Like, <laughs> get a landline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just hit control, I'll delete. You'll be fine. So on Reddit, Menavar says, hopefully the entire storyline, Gerardi's storyline, has been deliberately ignored and will never be spoken of again. I'm like, that's pretty cold. That's as cold as blowing up what's-his-face on Excelsior. <laughs> Just blow it all up. It turns, it turns out she was on Excelsior, too. <laughs> that's oh, where yeah. all unwanted storylines go to die. On the Excelsior. We thought it was oh, hey, Daystrom. Oh, no, yeah. it's the Excelsior. <laughs> yeah, Eleanor, what's going back. on? Yeah. Daystrom's yeah, exactly. where, where you pull things out when you've lost your creative writers, and you're like, hmm. <laughs> We've held this over here on ice. Let's bring back Tribbles. Can we love teeth. that even more, though, of like how they were like, hey, here's just a ton of what ifs. We don't know what we're doing in the future of Star Trek, but it might be Tribbles. It might be other people's DNA. Just 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 hold on, y'all. Wait and see. What if Moriarty's here for like 15 seconds? What if James T. Kirk's body still has a heartbeat? Ooh, like. <laughs> no fucking Nesses. Jesus. Love it. Jesus. Absolutely love it. It was a good time. It really was. Maybe like, they're going to go like AWOL. We're going to get some like Section 31 multiverse hopping universe parallel dimension thing where like we're going to get to see each of those. A world where Kirk is still there. Shatner is going to come back with some terrible cameo in a film. Um, <laughs> a world where the Tribbles are just eating everyone alive and it's like zombie apocalypse. And the Klingons are off to the side saying, we told you so. We fucking told you we so. We warned you about these fucking Tribbles. You didn't listen. Um, the short trek, though, where H. John Benjamin is talking about how Tribbles, if you just shave them off, they're basically just like like, like big scallops and they're delicious. Like <laughs> That was so good. 
Oh my god. <laughs> uh, I just wonder if, if maybe there was somebody who has like a, a an enterprise captain fetish. And that's why they were keeping all of the captains because they were just like, so why are you keeping Kirk and Picard? And like, actually, I noticed that you have Rachel Garrett's DNA back there as well. Um, you also have John Harriman's. You also have Jonathan Archer's. You have all Robert April. Like, does anybody even know he was a captain of the Enterprise? But you have his DNA. Why? Listen, I want to have a train. And I want it to be all the captains of the Enterprise. Don't ask me why. This is my dream. Don't pink shame me. But this is what I want. Like... So when you yeah. say train, never mind. I, got it now. <laughs> I mean, I got followed it. up with "Don't kink shame me." So we're gonna. Yeah, I'm tracking now. Thank you. We're gonna I embrace am on... it and accept it. Yeah. Hey, it's the 24th century, baby. Everything goes. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> you saw that episode of Lower Decks with, with the extra with the extra Boimler where he's. <laughs> <laughs> That's never going away. Oh, Can no, you imagine? Can you imagine if like the Federation and Earth is um, like losing money, there are dire straits, they got to sell stuff off and it's like a Daystrom yard sale, what that would be like. <laughs> oh, the Daystrom these... OnlyFans? Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, could we get other Boimler in the Section 31 movie? Since they're already like testing it with Jack Quaid doing the uh, live action Strange New Worlds episode. Oh Do you think God. they could get him to be his like live action other Boimler? Wouldn't that be wild? Freaky Boimler. <sighs> Boimler who acts like a cat and shows everyone his butthole. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my it's God. In my head. <laughs> it bums me out that season three was as good as it was because that means that season one and season two could have been better. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because in retrospect, I'm not going to watch season one and season two ever again. But I'll yeah. probably watch season three again because there was some by, cool stuff. By the way, Mike, one thing you really, I was going back to my notes. Yep. One thing you really wanted was for Data to meet his daughter. And that didn't happen. Yeah. And I'm like, that would have been a perfect memory to mm -hmm. hand off to Lore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, here's the other thing with that, too. I talked about the episode, The Offspring, which of all the episodes of the Star of Star Trek and the Next Generation, easily one of the most heartbreaking episodes. You watch that now and it stings even more because Data never got to meet his daughter. Mm -hmm. And maybe they'll do that with Star Trek Legacy. Maybe we'll see um, the Traveler show up and Soji will show up. But that's the thing is like if the Traveler follows tra follows uh, with what they're supposed to do, they're not supposed to have any connections to their past lives. Right. <clears throat> that's why we couldn't have Will. That's so maybe... Have, uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe they can bring him back in um, season, the last season of Discovery or the Academy or even Michelle Yeoh. He's on the table in all of these other settings. Yeah. I wonder if maybe one of the movies would be a Traveler's movie. And maybe it's something that does bring us back to Q, Q Jr., Wesley, Soji. Well, like, that's now I'm starting to think back to season two of, of Picard. At the end of season two, when you have, it's funny whenever um, Brent Spiner plays one of the Soong, um, <laughs> like um, ancestors, because they're mm -hmm. always like they're they're not evil, like like capital E evil, but they do that thing with their eyes where it's like you know they're evil because they're plotting something, <laughs> and like 
he pulls out that little dossier that says the con project and then they did dick with that and it's like the, the again just like look at me i'm evil because i'm going to create ricardo montalban oh and you're like okay i guess even though you were working with something completely different and yeah the, i like that they plant all these seeds <clears throat> However, I don't like that they don't harvest half of them. Um, <laughs> Not a good crop. <laughs> no, it really isn't. Um, I will say, though, that I had said that, like, if they had killed Picard at the end of season one of Picard um, and then made the whole series about his legacy instead of about him, that it would have been interesting. But now if we had actually explained aromatic syndrome a little bit better, you wouldn't have had to have killed him, potentially. But, like, also think back to this. Season one, we find out that aromatic syndrome is because of the Borg infection, because of him being assimilated. That makes it make more sense instead of it's you've had this thing forever and we've never talked about it before. Because you know what else he had? He had another condition. If you watch Star Trek Nemesis, I can't remember what that one was called. I think it was McGregor's syndrome. It's this thing where like um, sound was really, really painful for him and like as a child and um, his clone, Tom Hardy, had it as well. And he was like, here's how you can tell they did. So like this dude has like 17 brain like injuries or, or abnormalities. And we just never talk about it. And he's like, running ever. a starship. He's just running a starship, just wilding out here. And like, that's the other thing. After he got assimilated with the Borg, right? They took off his like little patches and stuff. You know, they took off all of his little gadgets and gizmos and accessories. But like. Nobody it's bothered to like. Yeah, you know, like you can buy you can buy regular Picard or you can buy deluxe Picard that has all the extra stuff. Yeah, they decinderellaed him basically. It was like someone waved it and it all just melted away. Decinderellaed him. <laughs> like they didn't bother to like do any sort of like. No one ran test. Yeah, like <laughs> nobody went. At, was like, hey man, maybe we should you know we should do some scans. We should do some tests. We should figure out what's going on with you because. This is our first real interaction with anybody who's ever been assimilated and then unassimilated by the Borg. We need to figure out what's going on with you. And like Get that car in the shop and do some diagnostics, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We should, we should figure you out, man. Let's get you off the bridge. Let's study <laughs> you for a little bit. And then he's like, no, no, I have to go to France and I have to wrestle with my brother in the mud and cry a bunch about like this, which fair traumatic. Like that was honestly, it's one of my, another one of my favorite episodes is that episode where he just comes to grips with the fact that like, he had some really traumatic shit happen to him, but like, yeah. Your like, brain, Mike, your brain and how you catalog all this shit is so amazing because yeah. I don't And then I forget shit. whether or not I locked my car. So like, <laughs> I will literally get out of my car, grab my backpack, close the door, walk away, boop the car. I'm 15 feet away. And I'm like, did I boop the car? Boop. Okay. Let me boop it again. And then, yeah, like I, I remember all this nonsensical Star Trek bullshit, but I can't remember whether or not I locked my car. Or, so he boops it like yeah. five times on the way to his apartment and some neighbor's like, it's fucking locked, Mike. Exactly, right? You didn't forget. Like I will walk in the house sometimes and then have to walk back out to boop it again to make sure that I actually booped it. You gotta love it. <laughs> You have more mindfulness for locking your car than Picard had for his own health to figure out whether or not maybe something was done to him by the Borg that could have come into play later. Or, just like... or for Laris, he has more mindfulness right? about locking his car than he did than Picard for Laris. Or his like Sorry, fucking Laris. fifteen children that he has. Like, it's Wait, like what? it's he like Jerry. 
No, just like adopted children and like, you know what I mean? Uh, like, cause he had- uh, What's his face had, on Excelsior? Yeah, right. Yeah, Elnor, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, exactly. Like all these children that he had these relationships, like Wesley, like fuck Wesley, right? Like, yeah, like just- <laughs> Picard, sheer fucking hubris. It's the best oh, thing that came man. out of season one. It sounded Did like you just... said hubris, which is actually a beautiful <laughs> new word. Even better, even better. Sheer cause he was on a board cube. Hubris. Well, yeah. or even like Q, like John Delancey, the Qbris. That's a that's Q-bris a whole like level, that. another level Q-bris. of of Qbris. Like yeah, that. I like that. I just imagine him, like, okay, because here's another thing, right? After the incidents, uh, the the um, after what happened in First Contact, right? Remember, he says to Deanna Troy, "I can hear them." Yeah. Nobody followed up on that. You probably shouldn't hear the people that you're no longer assimilated to, that you're no longer part of their collective. And who is the major enemy out. of the uh, of of the Starfleet? You know the whole thing. Mm. Like you can constantly hear uh. the enemies. Like mm. Deanna you- was never like, "Hey, I'm sensing something evil with you." Like like it seems like a seedling of evilness that might just be like with you. How do I hear <laughs> voices in your head? <laughs> Oh, plot holes. We love them so. Oh, it's from my no, not, fic- not that we're it's, complaining. It's from my fictional children that I had in the Nexus. Like, <laughs> oh, that was another theory that I saw that was fucking brilliant. That all of this that happened and the reason why it was so perfect and so nostalgia riddled and like so cheesy and some of it didn't make sense is because none of it was real. Picard was imagining all of this because he's still in the fucking Nexus. Now that would have been really wild. <laughs> that would have been a fun ending. You literally no. could use that to explain how shitty season one and season two were. True, but you can't explain why Guinan wasn't there. <laughs> she was off screen. What's that you say, <laughs> Guinan? You had to get another case of wine. <laughs> I, do, I do love the I do love the theory that his wine is shit, and then nobody likes it. <laughs> you have awful uh, taste in wine, Jordy. <laughs> then why is Laris there? I feel like she'd only like good stuff. No, wait, no, no, wait, that doesn't track either. No, no, because Romulans don't know. No, they don't know any better. They don't know like what good wine and bad wine is. Have you have you seen See, what Romulan ale? But have you seen what Romulan ale looks like? <laughs> it looks like a barber fluid that they dip their combs in. Like you don't drink that. They don't know good wine. <laughs> there, I'm like, Picard. I'm, like, I'm like Picard. I'm like Picard too. What did he? What did he say about Jordy? He said, "You're um, I find your taste in wine pedantic at best, or something like that." Like, <laughs> pedantic at best. Pedantic at best. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't pedantic mean to teach, like patronizingly teach? I think pedantic just means that you're book smart, if I remember correctly. Now I gotta know. All right, Google, help us out here. What does pedantic mean? Pedantic. This is one of the most pedantic things we've done on. I'm sorry. <sighs> it is pretty pedantic. We'll just oh keep defining gosh, pedantic so by saying pedantic. It's always a good move. Perhaps that should have been the first two seasons Star Trek pedantic. And then we had a third season of yes. Star Trek Picard. Pedantic is an, is an insulting word you just to describe someone who annoys others by correcting small errors, caring too much about minor details. Oh, Star That's Trek us. Pedantic, seasons one and two. That's exactly it what it was. Yeah. Just did to you guys by saying, doesn't Pedantic mean, oh my gosh, we are so meta. This is 
Uh, we're the worst. <laughs> did you guys notice how we didn't hit enough keystrokes on the pad in order to put in the code to detonate the Enterprise? Ah, uh, yeah, that's pedantic. There it is. <laughs> Fast editing. Uh, yeah. Must be nice. Yeah, yeah right? right? So I'm going to give Terry Metallus the bigger budget. <laughs> yeah, well, like, like, he did so good. He really did. He did. He did. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give him credit. Like, it was, it was satisfying. It was... Was it a, a a masterpiece? No, but that's the other thing, man. Is like honestly, the older I get, the less I care. The mm-hmm. less I care for these perfect films, these perfect series, where it's like these thought provoking ideas. No, fuck that. Give me something I'm gonna sit down, I'm gonna enjoy, and and walk away satisfied. Because like as much as I love a movie like The Usual Suspects, where it's like this great shock ending at the end, or like um. I'm trying to think of other movies that I think are just like absolute masterpieces like Casablanca, which is like just from start to finish is just perfect. Like as much as, as much as I love that, I also just like being able to sit down and enjoy something and not have to analyze it to death. Now we catch things because we love these things and we notice these nuances, but at the same time, like I'm not walking, I'm not mad. Like I'm not pulling the, the, this ruined the franchise for me. Like it, it's still something I love. I thought it was great. I thought it was fun. It, it, there's still questions. There's still more that can be explored. And I think ultimately, isn't that the goal? Is that you want to go back to these universes and see more stories that can be told. Truth. Well said. All right. I think that's it. I think we're done here. We're good. <laughs> Sweet. So long, everyone. Good night. Live long and prosper. Woo. Etc. cetera, et cetera. <laughs> life mike lunsford is editor-in-chief podcaster graphic artist and writer at great geek refuge he's also hard at work in raising the next generation of nerds and faithfully posts his meals on insta william bj robinson is a queer black and puerto rican arts educator based in san diego as well as an actor composer and church choir director BJ is also creator and host of Tough Talk, a platform that focuses on getting comfortable with the uncomfortable through community conversations. He is a founding noisemaker of Loud Fridge Theater Group. And he is host of KPBS Arts, a local PBS TV show about arts and culture across the U.S. He is an international playwright and performer. He performed the Panda Musical Diaries at the New Zealand Fringe Festival. For more info, just search at WillBJRob, at Tough.Talk2020, and or at Loud Fridge Theater Group on Facebook, Insta, TikTok, and YouTube. Playwright Mariah Beachboard, moi, is a podcaster for GGR. She raises a geeky family and keeps it real in Rocket City, Alabama. Now to you, dear listeners, stay tuned for our next episodes, check out our Insta for exclusive content at Federation Conversations, and email us love mail, hate mail, junk mail at federationconversations at gmail.com. Also, drop by greatgeekrefuge.com to discover all the amazing happenings. We also have a very active Facebook group you can join called the Great Geek Refuge Group. And last of all, my dear friends... I pray you feel truly seen by those you love. Thank you for listening.
don't tell me you're from outer space. He goes, no, I'm from Iowa. I just work in outer space. Don't come at me with that continuity shit. Fucking James T. Kirk. <laughs> you bullshit. But like, what was funny though, is that like, he comes onto the Enterprise and uh, what's her name? Uh, the Noonien Singh girl is, 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 has got the steam and undies for him. And <laughs> Don't ever say that again. <laughs> what the fuck? That, I, well, we knew what you meant. <laughs> and I actually like that. That's a rather like gender neutral sounding uh, phrase. Oh, yeah. No, because anybody can steam have steam and undies. And undies. Eh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I just imagine it like a cartoon where you just see the steam coming out. Like, yeah. I'm going to try to start using that on a regular basis. You're welcome. Thank you for that, Mike. I guess it's better than the word moist. <laughs> Steam and undies or moist undercarriage. <laughs> I like the southern one of, of when you, you tell someone that you have the vapors. My lord, I have the vapors. Ooh, I need a fainting couch. See, I never thought of that as an undercarriage vapors issue. Like Vapors I was in the basement, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I do declare. I got va- I got vapors in my cellar. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's quite possible there's some steam developing in my basement area. <laughs> this is why Picard season three needed more romance. We needed steamy undies. Yes. <laughs> no. No, we didn't. We needed overheated engines. Oh, oh for, for Picard to look at like Laris. Well, no, because it wouldn't be Laris, because again, he forgot her. Like, and looking at Bev and being like, I just want you to know, even though, Beverly, even though I am positronic, I am fully functional. <laughs> and then, like, afterwards, he like high fives Data, and he's like, Dr. Soon really programmed you with quite me- a number of impressive techniques and. Let's hear it for the positronic pelvis. Yes. <laughs> oh man! You know that there there are probably pornos like knockoff pornos oh with all God. of that crazy shit in it. Mm. I just imagine it though, like an app where, like, once he's done, he's like, "Thank you for choosing the Picard pelvis maneuver. Um, please rate your <laughs> please rate your satisfaction on a number of one to seven. <laughs> we appreciate your feedback." oh my god how can we improve in the future (laughs) so what was i thinking of when you were saying stuff earlier about (laughs) we're talking about lacutus in the chat um i don't know why they're always the 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 dumbest shit pops into my head um but i was like thinking about musicals and i started for some reason like trying to see if there was a way to like sing something about it and, and i started going towards hello dolly and was trying to figure out like how to fit it in and then i just kind of went hello cutest well hello cutest i was like oh there's got to be something there oh there is <laughs> oh there is but then just having a borg like a, a borg chorus in the background just like monotone the entire time <laughs> in one key like one note <laughs> oh. Oh, Lacutus, but like in a in a big like hat and like a gown and like umbrella or like could you imagine like Barbara Streisand with like like the Borg attachment to her face and like the laser like shooting at the camera or even Carol Channing like like ah man it's time to assimilate young man 
<laughs> and like all the waiters have like little Borg parts on their on their platters. Oh my god! I can hear Carol doing it all. You will comply, young man. <laughs> <laughs> Your distinctiveness will be added to our own. Yeah. <laughs> Your resisting of me is futile. <laughs> well, that's our intro, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is the most ridiculous thing ever. I love it. I love so it. what would you do so for um the, the song? It was featured in Wally when they're getting ready to go into town. Put on your Sunday clothes. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> do we keep it on the Borg side or do we go back to like put on your Starfleet clothes? There's lots of space out there. Yes, and then and then they're assimilated in the fancy restaurant. <laughs> oh. The irony there, like the real Sunday best is actually your Borg uh, accessories, if I may. 